Hi everyone, welcome to In the Trenches. I'm Jenna. I'm Tara. I'm Tim. And I'm Owen. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Owen, and to get the ball rolling, I'm going to ask my three friends, what is your go-to spot to pee in Midtown? <gasps> yes! <laughs> Jenna? <laughs> oh. Ooh. My go-to spot is the National Opera Center. It is on the corner of um, twenty. It's seven. It's Seventh Avenue between Twenty Eighth and Twenty Ninth, next to a Panera. Um, oh. So you could also go pee in Panera if you wanted. But I love the Opera Center because the bathrooms are really clean. You feel bougie just because the name is the National Opera Center. And they have free Wi-Fi and a microwave and chairs that you can sit in. And you can just walk in? Sure can. And listen to, like, the magic flute while you pee? Yeah, just, (laughs) you know, pretend you're important and pretend you're an opera star, and then they won't ask you any questions. That's amazing. Okay, noted. I didn't know about that one. Um, Tara? Citizen M on 50th Street. Yeah. Um, What is that, 50th and 7th? 50th, I love that we're giving directions to our it's 50th spot. between Broadway and, and yeah, you're right. yeah. Yeah, yeah, somewhere around there. It's glorious. They're like, I also think they're European toilets. They're a little bit different than the ones here. <laughs> um, but I love that place too, just as a nice spot to chill when you have some time to kill and you want to get some work done. It's such a cool space. It's like For a wanderer's sure. hotel. Yeah, it's great. Um, yes, that's an excellent one. Uh, Tim? I, too, like the Opera Center, but that answer's been taken, so I'm going to divert, <laughs> and I'm going to say Ripley Greer Studios. <gasps> you like I, going in there? No, Which I, one? I, I, I despise that place. However, if, I, if I'm there, I'm going to go to the Tropical Cafe, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tuck in that little bathroom there that's, like, to the right of the granola bars. Oh, yes. yeah, no one like, goes to those. Yeah. Exactly. There's nobody ever in there. And it's kind of niche and cozy, you know? Yeah. A little tuck For away sure. from, all, from all the madness and all the crazy <clears throat> actors. Owen, oh, what's sure. yours? Um, I also like Ripley Greer because I like going to the cafe as well. But probably Equity, just the Sky Lobby, because hmm. it's so easy. It's like right there now. Um, the little Sky Lobby bathroom on yeah, the fourth floor. Yeah, you're right. Floor. I yeah. forgot there's bathrooms on the fourth floor. You're so, so. right. It makes me, I'm like, I'm a dues-paying member and I'm going to pee here. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, <laughs> um, our topic today on this snippet is becoming equity, which is a question that many, probably if not all young professional actors or old older professional actors face in their careers. Um and uh, there's lots of discussion around it, so we're going to try to to narrow it down, just give our uh, our insights both from our own perspectives and I guess from our students' perspectives since we all work with a bunch of different people. Um, so let's, I guess, let's say how, how did you acquire your equity card and what was the decision behind, behind joining when you did? Because all of us are in the union, mm. is that right? Yes. yes. Okay. So, uh, Jenna, how did you become equity? Well, um, when I graduated, 
from NYU. I started out like everybody else, non-union, and I got my first gig. I spent, I did my first summer stock at a non-union theater. And then after that, in the spring, I got a phone call from Delaware Theater Company and they were looking for a last minute replacement for their production of South Pacific. I literally got the phone call on a Thursday to start rehearsals on a Tuesday. And wow. that was my first um, EMC point. And I was okay. so excited. I was like, oh my God, I made it. I'm here. There's no going back now. And so I called my mom on the first day of rehearsal and I was like, mom, they treat you like a real human. There are tampons in the bathroom. <laughs> I was like, this is it. I'm going equity. I can't wait. And so um, over the next few years, I sort of made it my MO to keep working at regional theaters where I could accrue some EMC points. And I think I got to 41 points. And I was dying to get the, that last contract so I could get nine to put me over. And then all of a sudden, I got a – this is like a miracle happened. This never happens to anybody, but it happened to me. I got a phone call from my agent who was like, hey, Tara Rubin's office wants to check your availability for a reading. And I was like, what reading? I didn't even audition for this. And they were like, yeah, they just – they wanted to know if you're free. And I was like, I'm available. <laughs> and then he called me back and said, Hey, so, um, they actually, there's a problem. They can't have you do the workshop if you're non-union. And I was like, well, can you call them back and ask if I can join the union and then I'll do it? And he said, yes. And then he called me back and said, yeah, you can join the union. And I said, amazing. Yay. What a story. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. But I think that speaks to like the process of joining the union also being the process ramping up to joining the union also being a process of ramping up your resume and your connections which mm. kind of it took care of itself right because <clears throat> clearly Absolutely. by the time you had 40 mc points a casting office knew you well enough to just offer you a reading you know which is I think yeah that's I, kinda, I feel like yeah. that's almost like the textbook way of, that's very true you know i i don't regret any time that i spent as EMC, because I think I learned so much about not only the industry, but also auditioning and then mm -hmm. being a professional working actor. Mm -hmm. I also had the opportunity while I was accruing points to go and play leads at non-union theaters. So I got that experience of carrying a show just at, um, at a non-union house. So I don't regret any of that time. And I think that if, if and when we dive into the conversation of when is the right time to join and all of that, I have lots of things to say, but I am very happy now to be in the union and to have a body of people who are behind me and protecting me. Right. And you were ready to join at that point because like you said, you had, you, you had had the experience and you were ready for kind of the conditions like tampons in the bathroom exactly <laughs> um, cool. okay tara how did you get your card i took a long back road approach i guess as well like we have i think jen and i we might be a little similar just not on how it actually came to be but i definitely um did the non-union hustle for a while but i'm lucky it didn't really feel like what i think the non-union hustle has become today it didn't really feel like that i felt like i had 
a kind of thing going for me as a non-union performer to take um, regional theaters, non-union tracks that were going out that made sense. There was a lot of things that aligned really well. So I started getting my equity points as an apprentice at the Walnut Street Theater that I did right out of college. And that was all happy accident. Like I had no idea what Philadelphia theater scene was. I didn't know there was other places you can live as an actor other than New York. Like I didn't even know that, like that was not in my brain. So that was really cool to get to have this detour to Philadelphia, realize you can be a working actor in other places other than New York City. So that made me kind of fall in love with the community there and also how it has definitely a different vibe. I was just in Philly this weekend and it just totally has a different vibe than New York City. And I love that. So that felt very nourishing place to start. So while I was in Philly, I lived there for a couple of years out of school, also went on the road with the non-union national tour that rehearsed in New York while still living in Philly. I accrued so many points and I, I'll just say it, I acquired way more than 50 and I just sort of stopped claiming them, which <laughs> is that illegal? Probably. No. I'm like frowned upon by the equity gods in this moment. <laughs> they they say um, once you get 50 points, you have five years to join the union. Yes. That is what I, I knew. So I didn't want to be at must join because that felt like tricky territory to me for a little while. But yeah, I did I did the Philadelphia Regional Theater scene, non-union and equity shows. And then um, I was offered my card doing um, a production at the Walnut Street Theater to turn equity in the last few weeks of the performance. But then I booked a non-union national tour and I realized like you can't there's, you can't really, you know, take your card and then go do a non-union gig for a long time, which is what I wanted to do. I wanted to do this tour because I felt like it was such a good credit to have, getting to work with the original creatives, all that stuff was really appetizing to me. Um, so then I did this, I turned down my card, but took the points for um, that production and I got over 50. So then I was at must join. So I knew I can join as soon as I got off the road with my non-union tour. And let me tell you, I, we, we parked that bus back in uh, New York and I uh, ran to the equity building <laughs> for that final, um, my final stop on tour back in the city. I wanted to be equity so bad after that year because I, it was again, a values change, just knowing like I can't mm-hmm. do 14 show, show weeks like that happened without a day off. And, you know, just that schedule really started to wear and tear me. And I had done it so many other times, but I was finally feeling the like, no, I've done this. Like, right. I don't need to do this anymore, you know? So that was my force in joining, similar to Jenna, of I don't want this to be allowed. <laughs> yeah. This should not be allowed. For sure. So, yep. Cool. Tim? Yeah. So after graduating, I was doing the non-union hustle for a while. Um, did some summer stock and accrued some EMC points worked at a few theaters in Long Island toward the goal that I, I knew that I always wanted to, to join equity, but I wasn't sure when or how it would happen. I think I was at like 20 something uh, points when I auditioned for a production of rent at an equity theater in Connecticut. Um, and I remember doing the audition and this is the only time this has ever happened to me and probably will ever happen again. The artistic director came out um, into the hall at Pearl studios and she verbally offered me the part of Mark in Rent. And like freaking fireworks are going off in my head because I'm like, 
oh my God, I'm going to get my equity card. This is amazing. And so I asked her, I'm like, it's an equity contract, right? And she's like, no, we already gave out all of our other equity contracts to other roles. And I'm like, oh crap. But I'm like, it's okay. It's, you know, it's still Mark Cohen in a dream show. I'm going to go do it anyway. So I kind of like shook it off. I let it go, accepted the role, whatever. And then I met with my mentor, Guy Stroman, who's a fantastic human. And he's like, what if you just ask the theater if they can afford another equity contract? And that like thought did not occur to me to ask them, even though I wanted to join. I sort of just accepted what they told me. So I went back to them. I was like, hey guys, can you give me my card anyway? Even though I know you used your whatever seven contracts on other people. And they're like, yeah, if you want to do that, definitely. So they gave it to me for the last two weeks of the run. So I was basically non-equity the first six weeks of the run. And the last two, they gave me my equity card. Mm. Um, wow. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And so you asked for it. I asked for it. And they which gave it to a, me. Which is. So you never know unless you ask. Which is a big ask. one, I think. For, right? Yeah. It, but for me, like ding, it, ding, ding. it wasn't an obvious choice to join. Um, just okay. like out, outside of that. I mean, it wasn't an obvious ask necessarily because. I see. I don't know. I mean, I didn't know if I was ready. For me, like it was definitely a huge risk. And I think for mm -hmm. a lot of people, it's like hard to know 100%, right? Unless you have a production sure. contract on the other side. <laughs> I don't know. It's. I feel like mm -hmm. most of us fall in that camp of like, if you don't have a Broadway show waiting for you, you, you don't know what's going to happen. So it scared me. And it still does. But I think leaning into the, the scary was what always gave me like better mm, results. And I knew that I wanted to be seen at more auditions and that probably tipped the scales for me. So, um, yeah, that's it. Great. Yeah. So I want to, so you, you kind of parlayed us into the next section, which is, um, well, wait, can you just tell us how you got your card? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I got my card similar to, similar to Tara. I, I had done, I was doing a lot of non-union work early in my career and had, like I knew that I was going to reach 50 points before I wanted to join equity. So I stopped sending them in, which is definitely <laughs> against the rules. Um, <laughs> um, so, but like, I feel like I'm friends with Ethel Barrymore's ghost and she like started equity. So like, <laughs> so cool. um, <laughs> like the strike of 1913, like you go way you know, back. They didn't have the MC points. Yeah. Um, so, um, but yes, I was, I had basically, I had worked at, this was at uh, a theater I had done a couple of shows at, and they were like, offered me a non-union contract, and they were like, how are you still non-union, by the way? <laughs> and so I kind of confessed that I hadn't been sending in the points, and they're like, well, um, you know, just like, you've worked here a couple of times, so would you like your equity card for the last two weeks? And then you can join equity. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I have to think about it. And they were like, well, we're not going to hire you non-union again because you're breaking the rules. Um, so that kind of helped me at least just, but, um, but yeah, but there are, and there are a lot of tricky, like the whole like joining, not joining, what you sign, what you... I'm talking about if you want to join, but you have, let's say, a non-equity contract or you want to join but um, for one show but not permanently join. There are all kinds of crazy things because laws are different in different states about joining unions, right. um, which came into play. Um, but Were you in Florida? No, okay. but any state that's a right-to-work state yeah. 
of which, which then it all gets complicated because you do they can't make you join so you can accept it you can technically accept an equity contract but not join the union but equity will only let you do that like once or twice or something right um so anyway all that kind of michigas aside i said i think tara used the word values change and jenna talked about this too which was that i you know i think that in when people talk about joining equity and not being sure something that's i feel often left out of the conversation is looking at it like any other labor union and kind of Mm -hmm. philosophically thinking about it like in the grand scheme of any of unions in general and and what are we doing here and um i had also reached a point where looking at the conditions i was working in and the stuff i was being asked to do and the pay i was being asked to do it for i was like i think i'm dumb or i'm ready for to be treated right and i also think that like philosophically like you know especially as artists we you know i believe in unionism and banding together to demand fair wages and conditions um and especially at this point of what's happening in this country now i feel like it's even more important so i was just i was ready for that because i um i wanted to be a part of that and i like didn't want to share a bedroom and a kitchen with 37 people in like a dirty cast house like (laughs) again um so i guess what i want to ask you guys is how did you know it was the right time and more importantly what would you say Mm -hmm. is the right time now because that we're all probably talking five plus years ago and but we're working with people who are who are facing this question now and that's who's this conversation is going to be most valuable for. So I guess my advice is like, you know, if you're, if you're, because people say I'll all work less. So let's start the bar ball rolling with my advice is like, if you really, really, really are dying to do non-equity work and that frightens you to lose some of that, then maybe it's not the right time. Because for me personally, I was ready to be like, I'm okay with not doing a non-union tour. Like, I don't need to put that on my, on my list. Um, So Jenna, what do you think? Like, what would you tell one of your, including your own experience? What would you tell like, if you had a voice student who was like, early in their career and on the fence about joining? Well, I, I actually only joined three years ago. So I feel like this is a little of a fresher thing and so it is hard sometimes when I look at the breakdowns and I see oh look the waitress tour is going non-union oh this tour is going out non-union that tour is going out and I'm like I would love to go in for those shows and I remember when I when I first got my card I had gone in for kinky boots like a thousand times and then right as after I took my card is when I got another call to come in for the tour um, like straight to final callbacks. And I was like, I can't, I'm, I'm union now. And so, you know, I think with anything, with any decision in this career, when you decide to level yourself up, whether that's going from non-union to union, or that's going from, um, chorus understudying to principal only, or you are going from working in regional theater to only staying in New York or whatever, you definitely are making a choice to say no to a lot of opportunities. And as long as you can stay grounded and 
you know, confirmed in why you chose the thing that you chose. I think the universe will totally hit you with a bunch of balls, you know, just trying to say, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? Just to test you. And you just have to say, no, no, no. And then, then it will start raining down with the opportunities that, you know, you're meant to have in this new leveling up situation. Yeah. I think that's a great way to put it. Um, I, I would agree with that basically a hundred percent, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of like you, you're saying, I want this level of thing, which means, yes, I am probably going to be denying opportunities that I could have had on this level, you know? Yeah. Um, and I you know have to be okay with that plain and simple, you know, my friend, Will Roland, who's starring in be more chill right now, he, mm-hmm. he graduated from Steinhardt and then he just said, I want to stay in New York and I want to work in New York. So while everybody else was off doing these summer stock gigs and building their resumes, Will obviously got to where he is by meeting people and networking, but he, he chose to go a different route, you know, than everybody else. And so for a student of mine who's saying, what do I do? I, I can't give you like a blanket statement. I have to kind of help them suss out where they are. How is their confidence level? How do they feel about their unique capabilities and um, things that they can offer in this industry? Uh, how do they sure. feel about the roles that they got to play in high school and college? And like, do they feel like they feel confident and comfortable in the stuff they've done? Do you know what I mean? There's so many good questions mm-hmm. we can ask yeah. people along the way. I'm sure you guys have some too. Well, I think like the even the last three years, because I took my card, I think three or four years ago too. But even now, like in this 2019 landscape, I see more tours going from equity to non-equity like jenna mentioned waitress like the bronx Mm -hmm. tale is just about to go non-equity and i think if you compare the salaries of now versus then they're actually like a lot higher for non-equity so i think the conversation is a little different three years later even so like for example like bronx tale Mm -hmm. um i was i was a reader actually for like the final callbacks it was a really cool experience sitting in there and like listening to the producers talk about it and everything and like seeing seeing all the talent come in through the door that were all non-equity actors um but each having their own thing to offer and then like just like seeing that the fact that the producers are actually offering like healthcare and like 1200 a week which is a, a pretty good chunk of change like i would love to go in for the for the bronc yes what? i'm not kidding like above CETA caliber wow. contracts um and I don't know if that's the direction it's going to continue going or if that is like a unique thing to Bronx Tale. But I think uh. it's the same for Waitress. I don't think Kinky Boots is too far behind in that world. So if a student is asking me now versus three years ago, I'm probably going to say, look at the landscape. What do you want to go in for? Do you want to be touring? Um, do you Are you okay with going in for you know, uh, a principal role that is paying that amount? And I think the answer for a lot of them is going to be, heck yeah. Like I was working with a client last week and he was saying how his agents were like dissuading him from going in for non-union work. And I kind of had an issue with that because I was like, because he's not equity and wants to go equity. And I said, well, slow down a second. Like, let's look at the landscape here. There's a lot of awesome tours going out that are non-equity. And um, I think you should consider that. Why not? You know, and I'm, and I'm, listen, I'm a union member. I love my union, but I think it's not a bad thing to stay non-equity right now 
Tyra? Yeah, no, I think I think we're all saying right things for someone and we're all saying wrong things for mm-hmm. someone, you know? That's, yeah. I think, the big part of this. It's like exactly mm-hmm. what we're talking about. It's like a choose your own adventure thing. One right. thing I just thought about, this always made me laugh, because um, I was on tour during the Ask of Its Equity hashtag mm-hmm. phenomenon, What was that like? Which was not Oof. fun. It went after the actors and not the producers, and that I have. Oh, that's a whole other podcast. Um, and I that made me have like a little not a great taste for the union that I so badly wanted to join. But you know, I, I get what they were trying to do, but it didn't feel great. Um, you know, having everything be Broadway, Broadway caliber, all that those words being used, and then us not at all being anywhere near the like treatment that it would be. Of course, but one person on my cast used to always say, like, we're all born on equity. And that always <laughs> has, like, stuck with me. Like, yes, Colby Kendall, if you're listening, we're all born on equity. I don't know if you came up with that, but that always used to make me crack up. That's and it's hilarious. so true. It's so true. We all have to start somewhere. And I think it's so true to what we're saying. Like, you have to know, I think, where you're going to want to dig in um, in terms of it is getting acquiring more time on stage. If it is, like, playing, you know, going, being here in the city and making connections and letting that be the way that you make this happen. But I will say like one of the best, like I like to like do a lot of reflecting on everything, but when I look back a lot, all my like, especially right away union gigs were from people I met as a non-union actress. Mm -hmm. Like it all was relationships I met with people when they were starting out. Like one of my um, now like kind of, I guess, theater homes that I returned to quite a bit, that artistic director was my, his first directing credit was my, my like second summer stock show. And I was his dance captain. Like we were both figuring it out together kind of a thing. And how incredible, like you get to meet people, I think a lot at the beginning of their booms in the non-union summer stock world, especially creatives, you get to, you get to see, you get to get them in like a raw kind of place, you know, and that's really exciting too. So that's one thing that I'm like, I want it for me. That's when I knew I felt good to join the union because I had a lot of connections of people who were already casting union work. And that's something I wanted. I feel like that's a risk when you don't know of anywhere you can work and have your card. That's where I say, Ooh, you know, like with taking it, like you don't feel anything like a theater to return to. Cause a big reason why you join is for health insurance is for mm-hmm. like, you know, that protection. That would be my one personal terror red flag. And then when it comes to the non union tours, I think that's so different. Cause isn't like SpongeBob like four fifty a week was what they were that's advertising. True, yeah. So there, I think it's all over the place, and that's interesting. And I will say, I toured two different non-union national tours. My first one was the Grinch, and that was like royalty, non-ec royalty. They treated us like a union tour. We were paid super well. We had a health stipend that came with it because it was a holiday contract. They didn't give us health insurance, but we got this like health stipend. Per diem was amazing. Our salary was amazing. It was so great. Week sit-downs, two-week sit-downs. And then my other tour was definitely the one-nighter, let's go, let's go uh, kind of life. Um, But what's amazing, too, about that, I feel like I've seen towns I never would have heard of because of my non-union life. 
Um, I don't think that happens as much in the equity landscape because you're usually playing the bigger arenas. Uh, so that's an interesting thing too. I'm grateful for those times I've had in like the Catskills and the White Mountains and these little non-union theaters getting to like really be a part of a community. It felt like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the non-union tour question is almost its own beast. And that's why I think for me, like I was okay leaving non-union tours behind in the realm of possibility. Um, and I think that that's probably the biggest sector of work that's going to be attractive for someone to stay non-union. So that's like its own kind of question. Um, but in terms of the weighing the values, like the treatment on many of them is not very good. And <clears throat> so I think that's like when we also, we, we reached that point where we were ready to give up just having work in order to achieve, you know, more um, like better treatment at work that's like a turning point and it's not saying it's that it, you're going to reach that point at a different time it's not a right or a wrong thing um because there were definitely definitely several years where i was like i'll take anything and do anything and i don't care that i'm you know <clears throat> sleeping in a bunk bed oh with my god right. <laughs> that's not i true. literally that had a flying happened. squirrel get trapped in one of my summer oh, no. stock houses like a flying squirrel. we performed white christmas in a heat wave in July <laughs> in an unair conditioned barn with 11 people in an audience oh, one time. Jesus. I had, I had spiders <laughs> once crawling in my room, like not, not one or two, like Ew. dozens of spiders. We were in the Catskills and Ew. it was like really, really humid. Oh. And the spiders just love coming inside and, and jumping right in the bed with us. That was a, that was an experience. I was once given a used dance belt when I was in no. union. No. <laughs> it had someone else's name in it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, when I get my equity card, this will never happen again. So long, funny story, though, it was a unique name. Like it was a name you don't hear much. I won't say the name. And then like a couple months later, I was at an audition and they called out that name. And I walked over to the guy and I was like, did you work at this so-and-so theater and he was like yes and i was like we know each other oh my god (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing oh my god Owen! (laughs) or you know him better than he yeah he doesn't know (laughs) but i know him Um, well yeah so does anybody have any final thoughts yeah i think i think i feel so unfinished about this conversation and yeah. I think that's the yeah, way sure. we probably are all supposed to feel. Yeah. We probably stirred up some good questions for people to think about yeah. and then answered some other questions that other people had. So, Right. Well, I think like we all said, it truly is an individual. Uh, it's a case-by-case thing. And that kind of sounds like an, a non-answer or an easy answer, but it really is the truth because, you know, it's what you want, where you are, you know, even things like, do I have health insurance from my parents or do I not? You know, like it's, it's all going to be a case by case basis. I will say that my favorite part about the union is the new thing that you can do working on a LORT contract or yeah, I think it's LORT, any level of LORT. Now you can set aside money from your weekly paycheck to go into your pension uh, you your 401k, yeah. right? Your 401k. Yes. Nice. I do that. Yeah. I do that. Um, and I have loved yeah. that. 
I mean, I do think, and I know I said this at the beginning, but like, I think that a lot of actors, or it's not in our culture to think about what we do as a trade and our union the same way that a plumber would think about their union. But I think it's important to do a lot because for me, I got injured last year. And if I didn't have the union and the health insurance from the union, I would be, my life would have been in shambles essentially because I would have like gone bankrupt. Um, And so, you know, I'm sure glad that I did. And I think that it's important retirement health insurance. Like I'm living a life like a grown up man with a trade, (laughs) you know, which is, which is really important to me. And um, I don't think, as artists, I feel like we're made to feel that we shouldn't want those things or deserve those things. And that's what the union's for. It's a really good point. It's an interesting a thing that I think people don't yeah. think about. Yeah. They, like, you know, you just go like, oh, that won't happen kind of a thing. But most of the, you know, we do um, all deal with our own dose of hiccups. Sure. On the journey. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting thing. Great. Thank you for listening to In the Trenches podcast. 